With us today is Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, former uh, CIA director, and number one in his class at West Point, and uh, uh, one smart guy. Uh, good morning. Uh, how are you, uh, Secretary Pompeo? Uh, I'm very good. Good to be with you. Good morning to you as well. Uh, there's so many problems going on in our world, in our country. I think it's appropriate for me to talk to you at this time to give us a, an update on your feelings. Uh, and uh, uh, where would you like to start? Well, maybe, John, the place to start today would be the ever-present challenge from the Chinese Communist Party. We've seen what's taking place there in China. Big protests, uh, real protests at scale, middle class. Uh, Chinese people who are just saying enough of these crazy COVID lockdowns, enough of this totalitarian state. And we've not seen anything like this since 1989. And I fear what we will see in response from the Chinese government is a crackdown that looks like Tiananmen Square. I'm praying for the Chinese people. And this impacts us at home as well. It's impacting our supply chain. Uh, and we should be calling to, we should be calling out the Chinese government and supporting and trying our best to lend moral clarity to the demand for freedom that the Chinese people are making. I, I agree with you 100%. I pray for the Chinese people that are protesting. The Chinese government, unfortunately, I think, has no, uh, yeah, no, no standards on that. Um, what do you think? Do uh, you think there'll be any kind of results or anything? Oh, John, I, I, think in the sh I think in the short run it'll be a real struggle. Uh, I think the Chinese will do everything it takes to disconnect them from each other, to use the oppression of the surveillance state that they have there, uh, and then physically to crack down where need be. But I think in the, in the near, in the medium term, in the longer term, I think this makes very clear to the whole world that what the Chinese are doing to their own people, what the Communist Party is doing to its own people, doesn't represent the Chinese people. And I think over the long term, this will absolutely make a difference to them. Understood. Now, the other big item is uh, Russia and the Ukraine. Uh, there's so many rumors around. Nobody knows what to believe anymore. Uh, I mean, you were the CIA director. You still have a lot of contacts. Uh, give us your opinion of what you think is going on. So my sense is uh, the Ukrainians continue to make advances, albeit pretty slowly. Uh, but they are now back in Kherson, the last provincial capital that the Russians held. Uh, the Russians are losing soldiers at a really high rate, uh, but it's wintertime, and that's going to be hard on the Ukrainian military and, importantly, hard on the Ukrainian people. The Russians have taken out significant pieces of energy infrastructure, so simple things like getting clean water pumped and heating homes in the winter is going to be really difficult. I think the Ukrainians are in for a very difficult three or four months, and the Ukrainian military needs to make uh, advances as quickly as they can, and we, the United States, should support them with the tools they need to do that. I regret that we have slow-rolled that equipment to them in ways that have extended this conflict. What do you think the end solution is? There was a, there was a, a, a room around on Thursday or Friday uh, that uh, President Biden is going to approach Putin himself uh, to create, try to create a, a peace. Uh, uh, have you heard that at all? So I have heard that. I've seen the same reporting. There's no problem with dialogue. There's no problem with reaching out to Putin and talking to him. But in the end, uh, the Ukrainian people have made clear they want the Russians out. Uh, they're prepared to fight and die and risk their lives for that, to risk their own country for that. Uh, this was a, a Russian invasion. And it is my sense that the Ukrainians will be the ones that ultimately 
figure out what an appropriate relationship with Russia is uh, after this conflict ends, and we should continue to support them so long as they're prepared to do what it is they're doing. Uh, agreed. Uh, now, uh, with the people of Europe, uh, the people of Ukraine, are they getting enough? Uh, I mean, like you said, we're going into winter. Uh, are, are they getting enough uh, supplies to keep them warm? Uh, is the electricity on in the Ukraine? Uh, what do you hear? So it's a mixed bag. Uh, President Zelensky has said that they only have power on in some of the big cities for a fraction of the time that it is needed. So there's going to be a real crunch. Uh, some of this is certainly caused by what Putin has done. But a lot of this, John, you know, was caused by decisions the Europeans made over the last 20 years. Frankly, some of the same decisions we've made here in the United States not to tap our own resources. Uh, United Kingdom is a perfect example. There's enough energy underground in the western part of the United Kingdom to serve the entirety of that country. And they just refuse to go after. So these are these are not things that Putin did. These are political decisions that the progressive left made about fossil fuels. And that's what's really going to come back to fight the Europeans this winter. I, I think they've stored up enough. But if it's really cold, it is going to be an incredibly difficult winter for them in Europe. And that will translate to higher energy prices for Americans, too. There's rumors around that you you are looking uh, or th this, thinking of running for president. So, so, John, those rumors, those rumors, unlike many rumors, those are actually true. Uh, we're we're trying to figure our way, trying to make a good decision. Uh, it's not about me. In the end, it's about do we think this that, that we have an idea and an effort uh, that could put this country in a in a place which it deserves. I've been talking this last few weeks a lot about the problems we have in our schools here at home. Um, these are things I care deeply about. I've been in the fight for, for 30 years, and we're trying to figure our way through whether or not it's appropriate to reenter public service. You, uh, well, thinking of running for president, let me ask you some domestic questions. Uh, you had a, uh, uh, you, you said to Randy Weingarten, the, the teacher's uh, union president, how you really feel. Tell all the American people again. <laughs> The biggest threat to the United States is if we refuse to teach our kids that this is a damn good country, that this is the greatest nation in the history of civilization. And Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers, has been trying to teach a different theory in our schools, that our, we have a racist nation founded on a racist idea, that we have an oppressor class, that uh, somehow diversity, equity, inclusion, Trump, math, and history, and civics, that we need to get that back. And so I... I, I would love to have the chance to have that debate with Randy Weingarten. Let her present her case for why a cartel of the teachers' union instead of parents should drive what's going on in our schools. And I am very confident the American people would conclude that, no, we should make sure that parents are responsible for their kids' education, not Randy Weingarten. Uh, I agree 100 percent. And the people of Virginia uh, decided that in Virginia. And, uh, and I think the people in uh, Florida decided that, too, uh, uh, and what Disney, the board of directors of Disney did, uh, I guess, decided to change leadership because uh, they were trying to go go woke. And I've been saying, go woke, go broke. <laughs> it's true. And in our schools, it's even worse than that. There's no competition. We need homeschool parents and charter schools and, and choice all across America. And it, it wasn't just it wasn't just Virginia and Florida uh, school board races all across the country went in the direction of giving parents back the ability to control what the kids are being taught. And I think that is something that has to continue. There's a real grassroots movement out there supporting that. 
and I want to be uh, I want to be part of helping make sure that this next generation understands uh, that this is a great country that um, our constitution matters and it is noble. And if we get that right, we'll do we'll, we'll get all these challenges from abroad fixed too. Last question before, unless you have something, uh, uh, the border. I mean, it's out of control. Uh, I mean, I, I can't believe the way the people of Arizona voted, considering uh, is the, the migrants, you know, Arizona is under attack from its borders, including drugs. That's crazy. Um, uh, more people than all of my home state of Kansas came across the border illegally in the last 20 months. Uh, four, four million people now and counting. It presents enormous risk to the country in terms of terrorists coming across the board. We can now see the damage that fentanyl is doing. Um, we had solved this one. When I was Secretary of State, we built a policy called Remain in Mexico. We had largely slowed the illegal immigration, and they came in and just ripped it up. Uh, and that is, that is not good for the country. We need to get it back. We know how to do it. This is a fixable problem, and we ought to get after it. John, thank you for your time. Thanks for giving me a chance to chat with you this morning. I so appreciate it. Bless you. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you.